stuttered start. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Good morning on Facebook. Nice to see you. Um, been doing this thing a long time called church. And uh, I remember being in Sheffield once and a, a lady, uh, we had a sort of church in Sheffield and I was leading some worship. I was probably only in my 20s, late 20s maybe, something like that, maybe 30s. Late, late 20, uh, 30. So I'm, I'm, out, I'm out the front leading some worship. I think my dad's going to speak or whatever. And there's a lady in the congregation and she sort of says, uh, looks up and sees me out the front and says, oh, isn't it a shame? Young, my, young man like that could be out enjoying himself. Little did she know that I was. Because there's something for me anyway, all, all through those years, that kept, kept me involved in that. And it wasn't youth work and whatever else. There was something that kept me attached to it, something which I want to talk about today, something that makes this thing of being a Christian much more real than just activities or, or whatever. So I want to talk about a subject which I've mentioned before a few times, and that is the presence of God. And in Exodus 33, verse 14, which we were close, very good. Verse 14, we need to think, Steph. It's okay? That's all right. I was close to it, but not quite close enough. <laughs> he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So I'm going to kind of deal with something that has been on my mind for a long time. Um, I hear lots of people use the phrase, presence of God, and... It seems to mean different things to different people, and I, I want to try and clarify it for us this morning. And if so, what is the presence of God? And for some people, I guess it's you know, there's two two ideas about the presence of God. One is that we can experience it. In other words, we can know the manifest presence of God, which means you will have encounters and things will happen. Because his presence is there. That's one thing. And then the other school of thought is, he's always with me. So why do I need to have any kind of experience and, you know, shivering or cold or, you know, falling down? Why do we need all that? He's always with me. So there's, even in the church, there's two ideas of what the presence of God is. Is it just the belief that he's always with me? Or is it the belief that he can show up in some kind of way and for you and for me who are kind of um have been in church a long time it's, it's like <laughs> sorry Yvonne it's like knowing your wife for a long time you know you kind of you know she's there but is she there kind of thing you know that kind of you know you take each other for granted I'm sorry but you sometimes you know she might but the other thing is for me with that is like you look at Yvonne is always with me, I'd say, let's use that same example. The Bible says he's always with me. But how is he with me? Because Yvonne is always with me, because she's there, physically there. She talks with me, we, we have a laugh, we have a joke, we go out in the car, we eat. You know, we, she's always there. When God says I'm with you, always, where is he? 
Is, it, is he there in our imagination then? Is that how it works? Is he, is he there in our memories? Because like when Yvonne has been away before on holiday and left me all on my own. Oh, that's me going to Kenya. That's the other way around, isn't it? Sorry. When, <laughs> when we've been apart from each other, she's always with me. But she's with me then in a different way than what she is when we're physically together. And I don't think God wants us to just know him as a memory, as an imagination. I think he wants us to know him like I know Yvonne is there. He's there, really. So let me try and give you some examples and and, and stuff about it. Because the Bible's full of this language about the presence of God. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. So if God is saying, when my presence is there, there'll be a joy about that me being there, that explains to me sometimes when you might be in a church meeting that, I'd, I'd have to say, spontaneous laughter can sometimes break out. I have been in a meeting where there was a baby once sat right down the middle aisle there somewhere. It was only, I don't know, three months old or whatever, and actually started laughing, like, like belly laughing. And the people whose, whose parents it was says, never laughed like that before, never laughed like it since. But the way it laughed started everybody else laughing in the room, and it was like, what is this in my presence? There's fullness of joy. So, to me, if he's always with me and I'm sad, then there's something missing. But if his presence is with me and I have this joy within me, then is the joy actually him? Let me get round to saying more about that. I love this one, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And I'm sorry, Steph, who is doing the scriptures for me uh, and attempting to put them up on the screen. We're all over the place. I wish I could say that we're all together but they're not. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from going to church. It's not what it says. Times of refreshing may come from a prayer meeting. It's not what it says. Times of refreshing may come from serving the Lord. It's not what it says. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So if I want to be refreshed, knowing what this presence is, is going to make all the difference in the world. Because whatever it is that the Bible's talking about, when when the Bible talks about the presence of the Lord, it's saying the effects of it will refresh me. So just what is this presence? Luke 5 Verse 17, uh, this is the story of, of Jesus being in uh, someone's house and it's full and there's a person who's been brought to the house on um, uh, a stretcher and they can't get in because the house is full and Jesus is in the house teaching. What you don't know is that in the house it's full of scribes and Pharisees and religious people and but they've come to test Jesus. 
But this is what I love about this verse. It says, even though those people in there are like that, the power of the Lord was ready to heal. The presence of God was already there as a healer. So, you know what? You might not be a believer. You might be somebody who kind of holds yourself and thinks, you know, what's all this about? But he'll still meet where you are. And when he meets, something's going to happen. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That was 2 Corinthians 3, 17. So we've had refreshing. We've had joy. We've had healing. And now we're saying that when his presence comes in the Spirit type version of it, then there's liberty, freedom. Okay? So there's a lot comes from how I see scriptures, the presence of the Lord. So what is it? Even this verse says something that really shocks me. It says, Psalm 97, verse 5. We sing it in a, a, an old chorus as well, or a, an old hymn or whatever. Psalm 97, verse 5. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord filling the whole earth. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. That's been interpreted many times recently over the years that mountains refer to obstacles, refer to uh, big things in our life that we can't get over. And it says that even they, well, some people as well would say that this is more like demonic stuff, you know, mountains of authority, so demonic stuff. But it melts like wax at his presence. So if I knew how to get hold of that presence and be in that presence, what am I going to expose myself to? Liberty, freedom, life, joy. So it's important to us, for us to get it. 2 Chronicles 5, verses 13 to 15. 2 Chronicles 5, verses 13 to 15. This is when Solomon has, has built the temple and he begins to pray and dedicate the temple and they begin to sing. It says, and the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. And the cloud represents his presence always in the Old Testament. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. It's a testimony I've shared with you before. And you're all lovely and quiet this morning. Um, <laughs> it's a testimony I've shared with you before about a man called Wigglesworth. And this man Wigglesworth was uh, uh, around 100 years ago, I think it was, and he was a healer and God used him. But he was 48 years old before God began to use him. He'd been in church a long time and he didn't believe in this Pentecost, being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, didn't believe in any of that, wasn't a good speaker. In fact, his wife preached most times at the church. He would often get up to preach, open his Bible and then, and then get so nervous he had to sit down. One day he gets this encounter with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, fills him with the Spirit. And he begins this healing ministry that is, has, has gone down in history. He raised more than three people from the dead. He raised his wife back from the dead three times on the third occasion, she said, let me go. <laughs> Seriously, 
This, is, this was just bizarre stuff that he did. Cancers and all sorts of things were just healed at his hand. Bless you. When, when he got to be in his 80s, he's invited to a big conference, I think in Australia. And uh, in the afternoon, the, the, all the local, the ministers who would be speaking got together to meet. And they said, we're going to pray about tonight's service. And he joins them as they begin to pray. And as he begins praying, as they all begin praying, he stands up in the midst of them. And he says these words, let your dominion come. That's all he says. He stands there, says, let your dominion come. And then he waits. And suddenly, the room, we just read there in that scripture, the house of the Lord was filled with the clouds, so they weren't able to minister. The presence began to come in this room. And one by one, all the other ministers who were in the room, as the presence came more and more and more, they left the room. They couldn't stand the presence. It was too heavy. And a, a writer, a reporter, heard this story. So he thought, I'm going to go there. So the following day, he went to that same afternoon meeting and all these leaders began to pray. And then he stands up, Wigglesworth, let your dominion come. The presence of God came so heavy in the room that the writer ends up saying there were two, two people left in the room, Wigglesworth and myself. He says, and I had two choices, get out or die. That's serious. That's a serious kind of way of defining what that was feeling like in the room. Now, I'm, I'm telling you that story for this one reason alone. Where have you ever been to a church, including here, where the presence of God has felt like that? And I'd say no. Very, very, very few times have we encountered anything like that. Does that mean that what Wigglesworth experienced was wrong? Or does it mean, and I'm always like this as a preacher, so you can take it or leave it, or does it mean that we have accepted something far, far less than what God really has intended for us? What have we relegated this presence of God to mean? So there's people reacted three ways to the presence of God in Scripture. They accepted the encounter and its effects, or they were unaware of it. Genesis 28 verse 16, Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Sure, the Lord was in this place and I didn't know. So some people accept it and experience everything there is with it. Others, I didn't even know it was there. And then there's further, a further third one is that they hide from it. Genesis 3 verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. I'd rather people hide than not be aware. That's just my opinion. I think it's the saddest thing that we would go through life and will have walked into the presence of God and not even known it. I'd rather we walk in and know it and think I can't stop here and get out. I think I'd prefer that. But the presence has been reduced to lots of things. Feelings and sensations. Oh, 
Look at those people over there, they're shaking. That's the presence of God, you know. I felt a breeze come past my face. That's the presence of God. Oh, didn't we have a lovely meeting this morning? That was the presence of God. Oh, wasn't the worship incredible and powerful? That was the presence of God. And we've relegated the presence of God to feelings and experiences. Some have relegated it to performance and program. How well did everything go? And some have just relegated it to the blessing. And I don't mean the blessing that we say to one another, the Bible says. I mean, yeah, yeah, have a good day. Have you had a good day? That's, that's the presence of God with you. God blessed you in some way, you know, financially or miraculously. That's the presence of God. It's like down to bless. It's just the presence of God is a blessing. It's a blessing, it's a feeling, or it's a performance. That's what it's been reduced to. But what is it? I believe the presence of God is God. In the form of God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. But I think the presence of God is a person. Not an experience. Not a result, a performance. It's not that. It's a person. Like I said before, I know Yvonne is there with me in the room. If Jesus is there with us in the room, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Have you ever been in a meeting with two or three people? I have. So there's more than two or three here this morning. So what does his verse say? Wherever two or three people gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Is Jesus here? Hang on a minute. I know we're saying that, but absolutely. Is he risen from the dead? Amen? He's risen from the dead. Is, has he won the victory over sin? Is he, has he defeated Satan? So is he here? Do you see what I'm saying? We say, the scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. If he's really here and he has all that, where's the effects of that? Where's the, where is the power of him who has risen from the dead, conquered everything? If he's here, what's the, what's the effect of it? I'm quite, you know, this is how I've always felt for many, many years about this. That we settle for. How he's... So, so actually, he's here, but he sat up the corner somewhere. That's really what we're saying. He's observing, you know. That's, that's how he's here. He's observing. Oh, he's, he's here in our hearts, in our imagination, in our, you know, in our faith, he's here. What did Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered in my, my name, there I am. Well, how can he be here and then not? And so we go back to the Old Testament. He was here and I didn't even know. There has to come a point, and I will continue with this till the day I die. The presence of God is either the presence of God or it's just some fluffy thing that we've made it into. 
if it's the presence, we need to be encountering it. It needs to be so real for us that we, like Smith Wigglesworth, will be in the room and we'll go, whoa, 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 hang on, he's here. Shall I tell you how you can easily test it? I've invited him to come this morning. And so I'd like you to welcome him as he walks through the door. If he came through the door physically this morning, Jesus just came walking through the door, you know, wrote, well, I don't know what he'd be dressed in, but I mean, the Bible says what he looks like now in the New Testament. He says his eyes are like fire. There's like a flaming tongue out of his mouth, sword out of his mouth and, you know, big white hair. So, so I don't know what that looks like in reality, but if he walked in here looking like that, we're all going to go, all right, mate, take a seat. What, what are we going to do? Can you see what I'm saying? I am there in the midst of you, but how sensitive and how real is that for us? And it's meant to be the most real thing. Do you know it's why he wanted humanity to be saved? It's why he died on the cross, because man had been separated from him from the knowledge of him, from the awareness of him, from the encounter of him. The worst thing for me was when the Jesus walks with sinners and they get him. They like him. He gets followers from people who had nothing to do with God and Christianity or religion before. But all the religious people who he was with, it says... They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. I think you can see where I'm kind of going with this. It's very, it's easy to make and say these sayings, but what is behind them? What are we really meaning? So I think we can encounter God's presence in three ways. We can encounter him as God the Father. So there'll be times when we encounter the presence of God, but it's God the Father. And these are the, these are the signs of that. When we encounter the love of God, we're encountering the Father. So if you've ever been to church and you've been overwhelmed by the love of God, Please stop and listen to what I'm saying now. You were encountering the Father himself loving you. Not an imagination, a feeling, a warmth. Oh, this is nice, how much God loves me. God the Father was loving you. So if you've ever encountered the love of God, you were encountering God the Father. If ever you've had that experience of Feeling like you belong, like you're accepted. Finally, I know I'm a Christian. Finally, I know that God loves me, that I'm part of the whole thing. If ever that sense of acceptance has come upon you, you have an encounter with God the Father. You've not just had a feeling or a sensation. You've met him. If we don't teach people this, what we're teaching people is, that to believe in God, to believe in Jesus, to believe in the Holy Spirit is almost like having a fantasy, imagination. 
and one day you'll meet that person in heaven. Well, I believe he wants us to meet him and know him now. Know these things as the reality of who he is. If you ever have that sense of um, security, I don't have to struggle anymore. God, God's, somehow I know God's with me. That's not like imagination. That's like you know he is. That's God the Father. And about this one, protection and provision. That was always promised in the Old Testament. He always said, because Old Testament is more about God the Father, although they didn't know the Father bit, they just knew the God bit, um, was much more about God. Him saying, you'll be my people, I'll be your God. That's what he kept saying to them. You'll be my people, I'll be your God. And if I'm your God, I'll protect you, I'll provide for you. This is what he always said. So whenever provision comes your way, whenever something protects you and you know somehow God has protected you, you have an encounter with God the Father. Does that make sense to you? It does to me. So that's where we'll leave it. But the presence of God is not limited to God the Father. It's also God the Son. That is also the presence of God on the earth. So what is it that sort of reveals to us we're having an encounter with Jesus? As opposed to the Father, in that sense, I don't mean opposed to, it's like we'll have all three, thanks, it's great. Whenever you know forgiveness of sin, whenever you know he's forgiven you, you have just encountered Jesus. It's why he came. To pay the price to forgive us of our sin. So any time when you've ever done anything wrong and you've got, oh God, I'm sorry. And you've kind of sensed, it's okay. He still loves you. You have just encountered Jesus. In reality, the day that you became a Christian actually was the first time you really met him properly. You kind of knew what he did, he did for you. And you gave your life to him. That's Jesus. But I want to mention a couple of others. Peace. Sometimes you get peace in a situation and you think, I don't even know how I'm at peace in this situation. I, I have um, someone I was talking to the other day said to me, um, they've got some health issues, and uh, it, but new. You know, COVID's brought up lots of new things for people. You do know that, don't you? So the, the new. And they were worrying about it and saying, you know, I don't know what this means and how it's going to affect my life. And, you know, I'm, I, every day I'm thinking about it and worrying about it. And I've never been a worrier. So I had a nice little talk with them and I spent a bit of time with them and helped them to realize there's ways to manage your anxiety and, and did all that. And they managed their anxiety and everything, got it all sorted out over this illness and then said, actually, I'm worrying about a lot of other things as well. Yeah. But for that person and people who are like that, to have a day when you don't worry, to suddenly be okay about things. And they go, why am I feeling like this? Can I just tell you, this is just my way of seeing this. If you experience peace, you're experiencing a person. He's called, Jesus is called, the Prince of Peace. Jesus said to his disciples, 
My peace I give to you. So there's something about when you are experiencing, I'd call it unusual or maybe even supernatural peace, you're actually having an encounter with the presence of Jesus himself. See, when we make it about the things, we don't make it personal. But it is personal. He's there. Um, there's two others in the Jesus one that I'll just say. Uh, health. I'm not saying healing. I'm saying health. The thing about health is we only know we've got good health when we become sick. <laughs> then we realize, oh, I must have been well before, Right? Well, actually, health is part of who Jesus is. So if you kind of haven't had COVID, this is not about sin and, and stuff. If you haven't had COVID, it's probably because health was with you and health is a person. If you've had COVID and then got better, what do you think getting better is? Is health. So we encounter him either way. That might sound too weird to you, but anyway. And then the last one I've got for Jesus is soundness of mind. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. How many times have you been worrying about things? Don't tell me you don't worry. I worry, right? But have you ever had a time when the, there's everything to worry about and you're not? And people, aren't you worried? No. Shouldn't you be worried? Maybe. <laughs> but I'm not. Soundness of mind sometimes can be actually Jesus and his presence with you. And the last one, obviously, is the Holy Spirit. So the presence of God is presence of God as in Father. It's the presence of Jesus, the Son, but his presence is also the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us about that. It says, uh, when the Spirit comes, he will remind you of all things. Have you ever, come on, have you ever been sat there and remembered something that Tim said at church? No, okay. Um, <laughs> have you ever been, you know, have you ever had those days when you've remembered a verse that, that was said to you last week, the week before, three months ago, last year? You ever had something come back to your mind? Hello, Holy Spirit. He's real. He's the person. And when he says, I'm with you always, it's not, I'm with you always in imagination. I'm with you. That's just me who's reminded you. That's just me who's brought that memory back to you. That's real. It's, pre it's presence. It's really him. You can say more about the Holy Spirit. It's to do with him giving us the power to live this Christian life. So like, if you are somebody who prays for the sick and they get well, that's you being accompanied by the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. It's real. It's not that you've learned a technique how to pray for people. It's just that it's, he's there. He's, the, he's there. That's like a bit of Yorkshire coming out there. Sorry about that. <laughs> he's there, right? There we are. Don't you know? Anyway. <laughs> There's two, two scriptures which I'm not going to refer to, so you don't need to worry, Steph. But one refers to the gifts of the Spirit, and another refers to the fruits of the Spirit. In Romans and Corinthians, those are found. So I guess my point is, 
We were made to walk with God, unlike Adam in the garden and Abraham with God's promises. But like Jacob, we could well have gone through life not even knowing that he was there. This is what this little thing is on here. Many of you have seen it. Now, these are our five senses. And I keep reminding everybody of this. These five senses were not to make us aware of what we're having for dinner. Mm, that's, that lamb smells amazing. They weren't designed for that. Right. They weren't designed for you to go, oh, that's a nice coat. No, get your eyes off. That's not what they were designed for. Your hearing was not designed so you could hear the gossip. It's not what they were for. But they're all the things that we use them for, that we've learned to use them for. Right? Touching, there was no slapping intended. What was this for? That's, that's for. That's a, this one. <laughs> smell. Smell. Oh, no, I've done that. I did the lamb, didn't I? Taste. Taste must be the third, last one. Anyway, my point I'm making is God gave us the five senses actually to connect us with heaven. So we're supposed to, like what have I said, his presence is there, we're not in awareness of it. Why are we not in awareness of it? Because we've not tuned our senses into the realm that matters. So can you hear from God? Oh yes, you can. Can you see what God is doing? Yes, you can. Can you become aware in your senses of the presence of God? It's what it was designed for. So I just want to leave you with that little simple thought and, and actually say one sentence I've said many times in this church. What the problem with the... Okay, I'm, I'm talking to you on Facebook. They, they'll find this amusing, right? This is for you on Facebook now, right? We have all become sin-aware and not presence-aware. Is that right? Is that right? Don't we know what's wrong with us? How many of us know what's right with us? We have become so conscious of self that we've lost the consciousness that we were designed to have of him. So all those things we've said this morning, go back, listen to it again if you want to. And uh, big thumb up there, I can see that on the bottom from Nick, Nicky Ditch, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, mate. Got, gave you a mention. I'm sure you're happy about that. Bless you all. Have a good day and I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes. Yes, please. Come and share. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, just want to share something with you. I think God um, said to share today. Um, last few days I've been on a really down low. I'm not quite sure what brought it on, um, but I was like really, 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 really down. Emotional, crying, I can't understand why I was crying. I think it was just something that was said to me and it brought back like, like, like some memories and stuff and it, you know, and let the door, the devil open the door to that too. The emotions, everything else comes back. And I sat um, in the morning, I just cried and cried and cried. And I, used, I listened to UCB radio. Um, I keep it on all night and um, there's inspiration messages on there. And um, I was praying to God and say, saying, God, please come to me. Please help me because I feel so emotional. I can't understand why it is. And he showed me this jar 